few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to be asked onto the main quest by its host, Keith, to do an episode on Super Mario Bros. 3. Uh, as many of you may know from our latest episode, this is my favorite Mario game of all time, and the episode was phenomenal. I had a really good time going on there. This is just a clip of that show. Uh, please go to the main quest feed if you'd like to hear the whole episode. Enjoy. Before I get into the game's plot, I have to let everybody know, I want to let everybody know that uh, what I'm about to read has actually just kind of been nullified or like taken back by Miyamoto himself. It doesn't drastically change the plot of the game. It's not a whole lot of plot in a Mario game anyway. But the manual reads, because there's really no story up front uh, in the game, it's not really until you get to the airships or the castles when you see that mm-hmm. the, the king has been transformed, basically. But quote, The Mushroom Kingdom has been a peaceful place thanks to the brave brave deeds of Mario and Luigi. I can read. Very also <laughs> nice of them to recognize Luigi in a right. <laughs> canon Mario game. About time. The Mushroom Kingdom forms an entrance to the Mushroom World where all is not well. Bowser has sent his seven children to make mischief as they please in the normally peaceful mushroom world. They stole the, the royal magic wands from each country in the mushroom world and used them to turn their kings into animals. Mario and Luigi must recover the royal magic wands from... I spelled Bowser's wrong. <laughs> Bowser's <laughs> seven kids to return the kings to their true forms. Goodbye, good luck," <laughs> said the princess. And t- oh, you should, we should do that. <laughs> That's how the, pr- the princess talks. Yeah, she's got a bad smoking habit, dude. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> good Get luck. The- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says princess and toad. You want to do a toad voice so we can both say it? Goodbye. Sure. Uh, all right, ready? Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> It's gonna sound. I'll, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound perfect. It's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> As Mario and Luigi set off on their journey deep into the mushroom world. Of course, that's like your typical plot from anything ever. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean we're co- not saving the princess there. though. We're saving kings. We're saving kings and kingdoms. So, having you read this, actually, it's kind of cool because I was like, man, what. Where'd these kings come from, first of all? Like, what is the hierarchy of the Mushroom Kingdom? But now I know it's the Mushroom World, so I'm assuming there are eight kingdoms in the Mushroom World. And perhaps the... Yeah, we're basically going continent to continent, I feel like. And so is the final, the eighth world, technically the Mushroom Kingdom? Like, after Bowser has turned it to utter garbage? I never thought about that. What if there are eight kingdoms in the Mushroom World, right? And then you meet all these all this royalty on your journey and then the final one you're like finally bringing the fight to bowser right in the mushroom kingdom and he's like trash the place (laughs) you might be onto something thanks 
Thanks. I wish that would be canon, but unfortunately it's not. Oh, in fact, <laughs> this game doesn't actually exist because <laughs> it's not a real plot because of the 2015 interview with Jason Schreier. It's a stage play, which is funny that like they're giving this praise to Mario and Luigi. So it's basically like in my head canon, Mario created a play so everybody would know how great he was. That's like the most Mario-ass thing you could possibly do, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. He's evil. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Mario's an asshole. The, the stage play stuff, you know, it's obviously there when you see it now. You know, the game opens on some theater curtains. The theater curtains open up. And since then, Nintendo's kind of made everything else around that canon with this game. It's what explains why... Bowser and the Koopalings and stuff get together with Mario and Luigi and play golf right, right. <laughs> and race and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but, like basically the last two Mario adventures were completely illegitimate. One was a dream. Where does that stuff land? One was a Where's stage the play? Super Mario timeline? We got the Zelda timeline. <laughs> so Mario saves the Mushroom Kingdom once and then he dreams about it and makes a play about it. Narcissist. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's basically he drags Bowser, he humiliates him. He's like, "You're gonna be in my movie. I'm gonna kick your ass again." <laughs> it's true. Poor Bowser. <laughs> but they do this interesting thing too, where you could actually go like backstage. You know, um, I I didn't do it when I was playing yesterday to get ready for this episode, but I know like the first world, one of the stages, you could get to a white block. And uh, if you duck on it, you actually drop behind it and you could like run behind the prop bushes and run behind all the other yeah. blocks and stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what I, that's one of the ways to get the one of the warp whistles, right? I think it is. Yeah. I think you get a warp yeah. whistle that way. Yeah. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. Maybe, game, yeah. Right? The other thing that plays to the whole play, this being a play, a theater, a theater play is that. As you're running through the worlds, Mario eventually exits stage left because it's you kind of enter like this black void mm -hmm. that's completely different from the the stage that you play. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I just think the way Miyamoto talks about the game being a play kind of makes it. I don't know. Waters it down a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the aesthetics of the game and everything. I mean, this is like easily like the best looking game. On the on the NES, you think? Yeah, honestly, I, I really do. Yeah, be hard for me to think of another one, but uh, it's definitely phenomenal looking for an eight bit game. Yeah, there's I don't know, there's something about this game that like really transports me to the eighties. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something about the look of this game that just screams eighties to me, and not because like it's obviously an eight bit game, but because there's like there's something to like the geometry of the platforms, uh, the way some of the backgrounds are designed and, and textured. I would say a lot of the platforms, especially in the side scrolling stages kind of remind me of like, you know, wood paneling oh, that yeah. you would see on like, I don't know when somebody's like rec room or something right, like that. Right. Like, I feel like if super Mario brothers three had a smell, it would smell like <laughs> cedar and shag rug, you know? <laughs> That's funny. I can't explain it. That's, I, I can't I explain know. it. It almost has like this art deco look, but it not really at the same time. It, it just seems very of its time. Really? That's interesting. To me, it's more early 90s. That's It's funny. It's funny. But it, to me, it's like, it reminds me of like MC Hammer Pants 
and like <laughs> like bright pastel colors. You know, it uses those like bright pastel colors, and it just reminds me of yeah. like yeah, the early nineties, man. You know, boys to men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's variants of those lighter shades of those as well, and uh, the amounts of sprites. Uh, that are included in this game is absolutely amazing. Some of them you only see like once or twice too. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Some of them are like just, you just encounter them in certain worlds and that's it. You don't see them in any other world. And then of course you got, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of my, I feel like I'm already getting ahead of uh, talking about the graphics here, but uh, there's giant land in the sprites. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember seeing that as a kid and they're just so amazing. They're so large yeah. and it's not like, it's not a detriment to the actual game. Like there's no slowdown or anything like that. And just the way that those sprites are colored, like they're not stretched out or anything like that. Like they don't look weird. Well, they look a little funky in my opinion, but just because of the limitations of the system. Well, right, right. Proportionately, they look like a enlarged version of what they're trying to represent. It's yeah. Again, it's eight bit. You can only do so much, but it's still pretty. I mean, that was one of the, you know, the things with, the turbo graphics mm-hmm. when you look at that everybody was like look at how big these sprites are and for the nes to pull something like that off something to be said about that again context for an older game right and then even then i mean you've got um when you go play like the the roulette game or the card matching game and you go into a toad house there's the very very detailed sprite of mario and toad you know they're kind of sitting mm-hmm. at that table um and that looks really good yeah yeah definitely yeah it's just Without that chip that Nintendo made, there's just this game probably would have just looked like Super Mario Brothers 2 for the most part, which isn't bad. I think I talked about in that episode how how much I like the graphics in, in that game. Yeah, there's just so much variation in this game compared compared to the other ones. And, you know, you talk about each kingdom having their own specific enemies. It's a very Star Wars thing for each kingdom to kind of be like, here's the cold kingdom. Here's the sand kingdom. (laughs) It's true. Here's the plant kingdom. Right. Like the the plant pipe world. Pipe world or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But even though, you know, you look at the the world map, they're completely different from one another. Their stages Mm -hmm. are very much their own thing. They have their own style. And yeah, the enemies are very specific to the regions most of the time. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you're still going to get like Koopas and Goombas as like regular enemies, but sometimes they might be varied. Oh, I was going to say, because we were talking about how, man, I lost it again. Enemies. We were talking about enemies and and their placement and how they, you know, they fit in so well with the environment that they're introduced in. And I feel like I should maybe at some point talk about the actual Super Mario Brothers 2 on this podcast. Uh, Because in that game, which I played through couple months back the enemy placement is awful because <laughs> mm-hmm. and you get enemies that just don't belong so like you'll be in a a bowser castle or whatever and there'll be cheap cheeps flying all over the place right. but it's like this doesn't make sense you know it's yeah. just like one of those things like i don't know nintendo's just threw all design out the window was like <laughs> Just throw and it doesn't matter. It's just an enemy. Just put it in here. Yeah. To clarify, you're talking about what was released uh, as the lost levels, right? In America. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's um, it's almost like a ROM that somebody made using the assets yeah. from Super Mario <laughs> yeah. Brothers One. 
Yeah, it is. But I mean, it's it's so. I mean, again, we talked about it as far as the game development goes. But everything has a place. There's a reason for it to be there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But also, I think Mario Three also takes a lot from the Mario Two that we got here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And not just like sprite design, because they're pretty similar. I think, hot take here, maybe. I think graphically, maybe it's just preference. Not really preference. I think Super Mario Bros. 2 looks a little bit prettier. I feel like the colors like are a little more vibrant than Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the character design, as far as the playable characters in uh, Mario Bros. 2, I think is better as well. Mm-hmm. I do tend to favor like Mario's design in Super Mario Brothers 2 and Luigi's design in Super Mario Brothers 2. They're way more unique than what you get in 3. But 3 is really good. It, yeah. Really, really it's, good. It's, and th- it's kind of a toss-up, honestly. Yeah. And Super Mario Brothers 3 also kind of takes that open level design of Super Mario Brothers 2. Because Super Mario Brothers 2 introduced, I was going to say parallax scrolling. That's not what I want to say. Horizontal scrolling. Not horizontal. Right, right. That's not what I want to say either. Vertical scrolling. I'm going to get it eventually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, introduce vertical scrolling. So it's like if you go to the top yeah. of the top of the screen, staying on the it same starts, screen for the yeah. most part, you know? Yeah. Super Mario Brothers 2 starts off with it right away. Right. Too. Yeah. So Super Mario Brothers 3 obviously takes that and they kind of take it a step further here because there's specific stages that surround that entire premise of you're going up like so i played i don't know how you played the game but i literally played every single world because i don't probably count on one hand how many times i've played pipe world <laughs> that's maybe like <laughs> twice <laughs> so i i, I always I, have, I always use the warp whistles right naturally and, and some of those worlds get pretty tough too um but i was so it was late notice. I did make a real effort to try to get through each and every world. I made it to Giant World, World 4, and I was like, man, I got these warp whistles sitting yeah. in my inventory, and it's getting late, so I'm going to go ahead and use them. And I warped to the eighth world. But playing through the levels, you really do come to appreciate the different designs and uh, just how varied they actually are. Uh, even Even the overworlds, look incredibly different and the level of detail is really cool. They add all these little like animated parts to the overworld. If we're talking, is this about level design itself? Sure. I don't know where we're at anymore. uh, (laughs) Everything's I I messed messed all the the structure up of this outline, but the amount of secrets in this, you had, you had mentioned earlier about it being like a toy. They just wanted to make everything about this game fun. And it, it comes across that way. There are, secrets everywhere in every level of this game i mean it's incredible what they were able to do as far as you know you hit a turtle one way and it has a different or not a a koopa trooper (laughs) one way and uh it has a totally different effect if you hit it towards a different set of blocks because then it sets off like this almost rube goldberg reaction of getting a one-up and unlocking a path to different blocks that can get you the 10 coin blocks or whatever it might be and uh, even levels themselves, you can take different routes through so many levels just by finding, you know, a music note that shoots you up to the clouds or some blocks that you could fly through. And now all of a sudden you're on like the second tier of the level. 
Um, but you had, you had mentioned vertical scrolling and, uh, the airships playing the airships again, you really get an appreciation when you're, when you're, when I was playing it through it as a kid, it's like, Hey, like, yeah, I'm totally on an airship. It's completely believable. But playing through it now, you're like, man, this is just scrolling from left to right. But the way they have the airship moving, it does such a good job of conveying that vertical movement. It's really cool. Yeah, I should say this is the first Mario game that has auto-scrollers. So there are auto-scrolling levels. This is where they're introduced. Love them or hate them, this is is where they come in. Yeah, I mean, uh, those, those airship levels are essentially just auto scrollers but i mean to what you're saying the ships are actually the way they i don't want to say animate but the ships are bobbing kind of up and down as if they're kind of like adjusting their height or or speed in Mm -hmm. midair or something like that which also really adds that extra challenge to the platforming and Mm. kind of creates like this mm, I don't want to say RNG, but kind of like this randomness to the enemies as well. There's not a ton of enemies on these stages. You know, of course, there's the cannonballs, uh, right. the rocky wrenches or whatever, the little mole guys that throw yeah. those wrenches yeah. and the, the bullet bills. <laughs> so that's pretty much all you're getting on these stages. But because those sprites, as they're, they're projectiles, so they're in midair, so they move differently according to mm-hmm. the way the ship is moving. Uh, so it just kind of adds this like element of, of random project. Like you don't kind of really know what to expect most of the time. It's definitely adds yeah. a certain challenge to it. Yeah. You have to always remain conscious of like the trajectories of everything because it could catch up to you. If you go too far to the auto scroll, like too far to the right of the auto scroll, or you stay too far back and then you'd have to move forward. And yeah, yeah. The the way the airship moves in in relation to them can cause a lot of problems. It, it's such a cool thing that they did with those. You know, it's so you know you think about it and you're like, what is an airship doing in a Mario game? It kind of doesn't make sense, you know, in a lot of ways. But I think you know, even as a kid, you know, I thought they were just a brilliant addition, and I always kind of looked forward to seeing what the next airship would be like. To be honest, yeah. and you know, I. They're tons of fun to play through. They're they're hard, but Absolutely. they're not like that hard. You know, they they definitely right. serve up a good challenge. So I love the animation of Mario running from I'm assuming from the castle and jumping on the little egg yeah. Yeah. and grabbing a hold, like hitching a ride on the airship as it's taking off. Um and I also thought it was really interesting with the overworld, you could dodge certain levels. Like, say there's a level giving you trouble, they have things like bridges that might close and offer a shortcut past a level. Um, or, you know, uh, branching paths, and you could either play level four of that world or five, and you get to choose based on whether or not one's easier for you. But sometimes the airship keeps you honest, because if you don't defeat it the first time through, it flies to another place on the map. And it may you may now not only have to go fight the airship again, you now have to go through a level that you were able to dodge your first time through. And so it's it's definitely an interesting element making it an airship and like that. yes it's a brilliant yeah it's brilliant not the first time that we've seen Bionic Commando did something very similar it's I, it's a brilliant just bit of game design where it's just kind of like not only did you fail to finish this level but now we're going to punish you further if you failed to complete any other level. 
but jumping back to the the airships since we're kind of talking about bosses we can talk about the koopa kids or we can they're now called the koopa koopa lings right. little bastard children of bowser were the bastard children of bowser <laughs> i mean maybe opposite of ba- bastard is a child without a father right is that right? Like technically speaking, I I know I'm getting into. I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> the reads. Yeah, here. yeah, no, yeah. Technically, I mean, they don't. So like, what's who's a their child father? without a mother? Well, who's their mother? Their father's Bowser. Who's Bowser's? Who's Bowser Junior's mother? That's what I'm saying. It's the opposite of a bastard. They know who their father is, but who's their mother? Well, okay. <laughs> I was discussing this with somebody else, and so there's one. One of the Koopalings is called Morton. Uh, Morton Jr. Jr. or something like that. Morton Koopa Jr., yep. Are you ready? No, I I have this prepared. Okay, go ahead. All right, so it is Lemmy. This is in no particular order, mind you. Uh, Lemmy, Morton Cooper Jr., Ludwig von Koopa, Roy. Like, (laughs) just Roy. (laughs) Iggy, Wendy, and Larry. So Morton Cooper Jr., <laughs> he's a junior, right? He's a junior. So is Bowser's real real name Morton? It's a good question. Is that what Nintendo's telling us? If the Koopalings are all related, then they all share whoever Morton is. Who the hell is Morton? <laughs> you know. Well, so is this just another shot at Bowser when Mario's writing his play? Is he like, yeah, we'll name we'll name one of his kids Morton. Really mess like, with give, you. Let's give Bowser a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Morton Junior. So everybody thinks Bowser's name. Dude, is I Morton. need to see Bowser's driver's license and see what it says on there. <laughs> there you go. Or maybe maybe there Bowser is. Well, well, no, because in these games he's known as King Koopa, right? Or no, he is. I believe. No, they call him Bowser no, in the manual. So maybe this is the first time oh, they refer they? to him as Bowser. But up until then, oh. he was King Koopa. So was he Bowser Koopa or is he Morton Bowser Koopa? That's These are I unanswered questions. I do not have the answer. <laughs> we need to. We need some proof. We need some proof. But other than the fact that Bowser Jr. exists, and I know as of a recent Instagram poll, you are a Bowser Jr. apologist. I don't mean to call you out I'm there. Not an apolo- I have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I have nothing do to apologize for. So do you know why Jr. the seven Koopalings have now been retroactively left out in the gutter for Bowser Jr.? Like, I don't know why. Maybe their purpose was this one game, you know, having the different worlds, and, and they have since served that purpose. But uh, I could also see it being that Miyamoto said this is a stage play, so they never really existed. That's true, yeah. Maybe Bowser Jr. is the one true heir. Like Bowser Jr. wasn't born yet, so they he was like, I need a stand-in. Mario was like, I need a stand-in for right. your children. I want to kill your children. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to murder you so bad, I Basically. will kill your family lineage. <laughs> right? Right? It's pretty bad. Well, they, they get away, don't they? Like, they just go into their shells. Fly and off, right? Fly away. Yeah. Is it canonical yeah. that Mario murders them in Super Mario World? Because they don't come back. Well, that's true. That's true. Mario World is is canonical, right? Like that's considered a real thing that happened, isn't it? I think so. It's. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. It's not like some cop out, like a dream. <laughs> no, or a no, play. it's not. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what the story is, other than again, we're saving the world as Mario. So yeah, something so to do exist. with capturing Yoshi's reason. too. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think Bowser Jr. is just kind of lazy in both concept and design. It's just like, let's just make a little Bowser and put a handkerchief on him. I like I know Bowser you do. Jr. And then there's, there's can we agree on the Brutals, though? Well, they're whatever, man. I mean, they're throwaway bag, like I'm bunny just, rabbits. Just Come like, on. The Koopa kids are right here. Use them. Use you them. should have brought them back. Of, like yeah, these absolutely. weird walls and grommet. Should looking villains <laughs> like, right. the brutals yeah. like look like yeah. some like bad uk children's cartoon <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> they're so out of place right like the stuff you'd see on pbs when you were a kid right so why didn't why haven't we seen a game other than these sports titles where like bowser there's never been a game right where bowser recruits like wario and waluigi and they just work together that Wouldn't that make, make sense? sense? I think... Like, why, has, why hasn't Nintendo done that yet? Yeah, I don't know why they've never teamed up. That would make sense. I haven't played any of those, like, the Game Boy Advance RPGs. I played Bowser's Inside Story. Definitely didn't recruit any of those guys in that. But, but yeah, the Koopa Kids, <laughs> their names are basically just, just based off of musicians, except for Morton Koopa, <laughs> who's... Named after like a talk show, some 80s talk show host, I guess. Oh, interesting. But the weird thing about like Morton Koopa Jr. is that he has, he's modeled after Paul Stanley from Kiss because he has like the star on his face. Right, the star, so I wonder yeah. if there was like some like legal mm-hmm. thing where like Gene Simmons is like, if you do this, we're taking you to court. I wonder. Oh, I could see Gene Simmons yeah, doing I, that. Pl- I mean, Nintendo was yeah. in and out of court in the 80s anyway. So I wonder if that was just like, we don't want to add this <laughs> to our already like. <laughs> Yeah. Entirely possible. Um, man, imagine a kiss where, or imagine a kiss. Imagine a world where kiss <laughs> sues Nintendo and like Super Mario Brothers 3 like becomes like a kiss property or something. Like kiss presents oh Super Mario Brothers 3 or something. <laughs> oh no. No thanks. I don't want to imagine that world. That's the darkest timeline, man. I want to stay Are there far any away kiss from games? There. Do you know? Um,. Not no, not that I know of. There's got to be. There has right? to be a kiss game that exists. If there's a kiss game that exists, I will play it on the show. 